everyone. This is The Crime Cafe, your podcasting source of great crime, suspense, and thriller writing. I'm your host, Debbie Mack. Before I bring on my guest, I'll just remind you that The Crime Cafe has two ebooks for sale, the nine-book box set and the short story anthology. You can find the buy links for both on my website, debbiemack.com, under the Crime Cafe link. You can also get a free copy of either book if you become a Patreon supporter. You'll get that and much more if you support the podcast on Patreon, along with our eternal gratitude for doing so. But first, let me put in a good word for Blueberry Podcasting. I'm a Blueberry affiliate, but that's not the only reason I'm telling you this. I've been using Blueberry Podcasting as my hosting service for my podcast for years, and it's one of the best decisions I ever made. They give great customer service, you're in complete control of your own podcast, you can run it from your own website, and it just takes a lot of the work out of podcasting for me. I find for that reason that it's a company that I can get behind 100% and say, you should try this. Try Blueberry. It doesn't require a long-term contract, and it's just a great company, period. And it also has free technical support by email, video, and phone. So you can get a human being there. Isn't that nice? Hi! Our guest today had her first song and poem published when she was 13. So she got a real early start. Um, sure. since, then, she's, <laughs> since then, she's published uh, many articles, short stories, and poems, six mystery novels, and written for a local newspaper. Those are still around, you know, and it's um, a great thing. And uh, furthermore, she has been, for 13 years, editor-in-chief and publisher of Kings River Life magazine. And she produces Mystery Rats Maze podcast where you can hear an excerpt from her latest book, One of Us, a story that takes place in Fresno, California, a place near and dear to my own heart. It is my great pleasure to introduce my guest, Lori Lewis-Ham. Hi, Lori. How are you doing today? Okay. Thank you for having me. I've been fighting some allergies uh, this week. If uh, you remember Fresno about this time of year, there's blossoms everywhere. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my gosh agriculture all over the place as i recall definitely wow yeah because i moved there from new york so it was quite a change wow (laughs) that would be it was it was almost like heaven by comparison (laughs) isn't that funny to say about fresno i don't know it it is (laughs) it is very Uh, so tell us about your uh, your book uh, about Roxy, the podcaster slash private eye, as I understand it. What a great combination. <laughs> well, the uh, podcasting and the private eye part kind of take place a little further into the book. Um, she, uh, at 35, she was a children's book author and lived on the coast of California, and she uh, lost her publisher. Uh, They dropped her series and she's like, okay, well, now what am I going to do? And she has a cousin who's a PI who uh, lives in Fresno. And he said, well, hey, come stay with me for a while. And uh, so that's that's what she did. And then he talks her into helping out with some uh, local community theater and someone's murdered during a rehearsal. 
and he's hired to uh, investigate and and she helps him out. So that's kind of where the the uh, PI part starts is helping out with that. And uh, it's set in the Tower District, which is the Arts District of Fresno. So it's quite different from the rest of Fresno. It's the cultural oasis, I think you put it. Yes. <laughs> Which I thought was an interesting way of putting it. Um, what was it about Roxy that, that, in your mind, she started out as a supporting character in a previous book, correct? Correct. Um, kind of correct. The um, I did a series featuring a gospel singer. And in the final book, the final note, she's introduced but she's introduced actually with a plan in mind to create a series for her, but it was a totally different series than what it ended up being. <laughs> wow, how interesting. In what way? What were you ex expecting to do? Um, she ran a pocket pet animal rescue. And uh, as I said, was a children's book author, and that was going to be the focus. And it was going to be set on the coast in a fictional town called Air, not very far from Santa Cruz. And when I originally came up with that idea, there weren't any animal rescue cozies out there. And by the time I really had time to sit down and seriously work on it, they were everywhere. So I thought, well, what could I do differently? And so uh, she got she got moved to Fresno. <laughs> oh wow! Well, that's very interesting. Um, in what ways is Fresno um, or the Tower District like a character in your book? How do you make a place like that part of the character, one of the characters in the book? Well, it has its own unique culture compared to the rest of the rest of the valley, really, not just um, Fresno. It's a very artsy area, a um, lot of theater and art galleries. And it just, it has a very different feel to it. It's also very, a um, lot, lot of historical buildings. And, and I say in the book, Roxy talks about how it kind of feels like she's stepping back in time. Mm -hmm. um as far as how it looks and feels um so i think it that becomes just a really uh, big part of the story itself is that area and that community it's it's like its own small town in a way yes yeah and i can imagine when i was living there i think it there might have been 300,000 people there i don't know how big it must be now oh i don't know but it's a whole lot bigger than that I was going to say, I think yeah. it's like one of the, like the, now I'm just guessing like third or fourth largest cities in California. Wow. That's really something. Yeah. Do a lot of people commute from there to other places. I know some do. Um, I'm not sure how much there's probably more commuting. Like if you live in Bakersfield, I think a lot of people live in Bakersfield and commute to like Southern California. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's probably some. I I think Fresno's gotten so big now that there's probably more people commuting from, like, living in the smaller towns and commuting to Fresno for work. Interesting. Really interesting. My uncle used to work for the Fresno Bee. <laughs> Is the Fresno Small Bee still world. around? <laughs> oh, yeah. 
definitely oh. it's just like any other paper it's a lot smaller than it used to be and a lot more of what they do is online and interestingly enough um it's been a few years now but they dropped their arts coverage almost completely wow yeah so uh oh my gosh <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that um it was already a big part of king's river life we've got the mystery side but a we were already covering a lot of the um, arts culture and uh, we picked up even doing more since the Fresno Bee just pretty much, yeah, I think they cover big things like Broadway shows coming through town and things like that. But they used to have a regular columnist that covered all the, the local arts. That's amazing. It, it, it's, well, it's a little discouraging, but the, you know, I'm, I'm just glad to see that the, papers can continue in some form yeah. these days yeah <laughs> it's nice to know um how much research did you do when you wrote the book well um first off I'll tell you it took about 10 or 11 years for me to write this one because around the same time I wanted to start that I started King's River Life and it kind of took over <laughs> so it say. took it took a lot longer to get the um this one done. But um not I don't want this to sound bad, but not a whole lot because I was already very familiar with the Tower District. And so, you know, I would do basic things like, okay, what street was this on? And and um I went since I don't live in the tower, I just get to visit it. I would ask people on Facebook, okay, what's the best pizza place in the tower? You know, things <laughs> like that. Um, and then, of course, I did research on the mystery side. I have some connections that I've worked with since uh, my first book series. So so there was that. Um, and also, Stephen Carlucci, her cousin, actually is a carryover from the other series. He always, he never gets his own books. He's always kind of the sidekick. Uh <laughs> so I already knew a lot about Roxy's family too. So I didn't have to do, you know, like a lot of really in-depth research. And through Kings of Her Life and through my kids being in theater, I, I had a lot of connections in the local theater scene. So I knew a lot of that. So, so yeah, not, not a lot really, just kind of firming up some facts and stuff. Mm, yeah, yeah. When I think of the Central Valley, I always think of it as the real California in the sense, because <laughs> so many people kind of equate California with Los Angeles or San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And to me, the Central Valley was really like the real California because, you know, you had all these just regular people, farmers, yeah. very important agricultural area. Oh, yes, I mean, definitely. Hugely. And then, of course, you have these literary people who have written about it, like William Saroyan and mm -hmm. John Steinbeck, yep. um, two of my favorite writers, actually. <laughs> um, do you have a favorite writer, whether from Fresno or not? <laughs> <laughs> well, I have been a huge Sherlock Holmes fan ever since I was a teenager. And uh, then from there, I got into reading Agatha Christie. So... They have remained big favorites of mine. Um, on a more contemporary level, um, I'm a big fan. I'm realizing I'm saying um a lot. Sorry, people. I'm a big fan of Cleo Coyle's uh, Coffee House Mysteries. 
and also uh, Sophie Hanna's uh, redoing. She's doing the new uh, Perot books. I really enjoy that. Anne Cleves, Anthony Horowitz. So those are probably my favorite, more contemporary authors. I just recently read something by Anthony Horowitz. He's excellent. He's really amazing. Oh, he's amazing. Yes. Oh, my gosh. And, and prolific. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Do you have a favorite movie? Oh, wow. I'm not sure that I actually do. Um, I really enjoy movies, but don't know that it would be it's easier for me to come up with favorite tv shows i'm more of a tv person than a movie person uh it happened one night with clark gable that is uh one that's kind of stuck with me for a long time the star trek movies which ties into my tv love <laughs> there's just there's a lot of movies that i've really enjoyed I, I think it'd be hard for me to pick a favorite that's cool um how do you manage putting out a weekly magazine and producing a podcast and writing mystery fiction? How are you doing this? I'm not sure sometimes. <laughs> the magazine really, I mean, it's it's a group project in that I couldn't do it without our other writers and our other book reviewers. As time has gone along, I do less writing for the magazine but I handle, you know, the business side and, and posting it on the website and the promotion and, and all that part of it and the, you know, just the running of it and the podcast, the podcast gets a little tricky sometimes. Uh, we, it's not your typical podcast where we're interviewing people. We are picking stories and then auditioning actors and rehearsals and all that. So that one uh, has ended up being a bigger challenge than I expected and as to the books, you know, like I said, the, this one took about 10 or 11 years. I'm trying really hard. I'm working on the second one. I'm trying to get it out in two years. So we'll see. We'll see if that actually happens. But well, uh, yeah, it can be a challenge you. to balance. <laughs> yeah, I admire you taking on all of that because really Thank that you. is a lot of work. Um, how, how have you found your uh, your writers? Where have you, what do you do to find writers? Well, that's kind of changed and uh, developed through the years. When I started out, it was just me. And it was kind of just going to be like a side, a side project while I was I was out of work and looking, you know, figuring what I was going to do with my life. And it kind of grew from there. Our first reviewer actually was someone that I had already had review things for me on my own website as an author. Her name's Cindy Chow in Hawaii. And how do you do? I can't even remember. We've known each other for so long. I don't even remember exactly how we met. But our writers are actually all over the country. And it's just kind of met them through, through Sisters in Crime, through Facebook, through conferences. And then our local writers just through, you know, being involved in the community. We have... Uh, one of our main writers, he does reviews, but he also does a lot of local stuff. Terrence MacArthur is also a sister in crime. And I'm pretty sure that's how I actually met him originally. So even locally, Sisters uh, has played a part. And wow. uh, we've we've uh, had some high school students write for us. And it just, it just kind of mostly online, we just connect. 
Mm -hmm. So basically you kind of put out, say, a kind of a call for submissions maybe and have yeah. people will respond? More of a call for writers uh -huh. as opposed to, and then, you know, they can pitch ideas, but we have a lot of specific stuff that we do cover. And so since it's all volunteer, it, it's one of those things, okay, would you be interested in writing the story? And then they commit to it and commit to a deadline and, and that sort of thing. So usually just a call, would anybody be interested in writing locally? Or we really haven't put out a call for book reviewers. We've picked up some um, extra ones along the way, just people I already knew, like Claire Murray's uh, filling in, doing some extra book reviews for us. And I know her just through the writing community. Mm-hmm. Well, that's fantastic. It's just amazing what you've organized there. And the way Thank you keep you. it running. It can be a challenge sometimes. The technical side is what tends to, to hang <laughs> us up once in a while. Tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know the feeling. Um, how have you found actors? Are you connected with the theater there in Fresno? Is that where you're Yes, getting? yes. Um, well, my kids both did theater in high school and did some local theater. My youngest is still doing local theater. So that was my first connection to theater. And then we review shows in Kings River Life, which started fairly early on. And then I've gotten to know uh, the theater community and the actors through there as well. Honestly, uh, finding actors for the podcast has probably been the biggest challenge it kind of goes in waves you know sometimes we'll have plenty and then other times we'll just have to delay uh an episode like we actually are going to be one short this month just because they're busy with their own lives too and then you know people getting sick and and on all of that so but the actors are there yeah I, i'm familiar with them through doing theater reviews and through my kids and attending theater and making theater friends so excellent very good and uh, what advice would you give to someone who's interested in writing for a living for a living for a living yes ah <laughs> uh, make really 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 sure that that's what you want to do it's very, very difficult to uh, make a living from writing. I think if you first have to just be wanting to do it because you can't not write, it's just in you. And it's something you have to do, whether it ever gets published, whether it ever gets read, whether you make money off it or not. It's just, it's something you have to do. It's inside of you. I so agree with you on that. Um, yeah, it it really is a tough business to make a living in, even oh, definitely, even with all of the uh, advantages we uh, enjoy. There's a flip side to that. Yes. Suddenly everybody's publishing and it's hard to get noticed. It is. It is. So it must, must be kind of tough. Do you, do you take ads for your, um, for, for your, uh, your journal there or? Um, finance we, it, we do um we do sell ads in king's river life definitely uh we also have a patreon haven't uh had a lot of success with that yet but also juggling so many things i also haven't had a lot of time to dedicate to growing it too and and so that's a challenge 
but probably primarily uh, from advertising, which interestingly enough has mostly been uh, authors. I'm not surprised somehow. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, is there anything else you'd like to add before we finish up? Well, I hope that uh, people will check out my book and uh, I'm actually having a sale on it in April for my birthday. Uh, the ebook will only be 99 cents on Kindle for a month. So if you haven't checked it out yet, that'll be the ideal time to pick it up. And I have a new book that I, like I said, I hope will come out this fall. Uh, I'm working on edits. It's called going to be called One of You. <laughs> and uh, well, I just hope people check out my books and the magazine and the podcast and all of it. Fantastic. I'm happy to hear that you have a sequel lined up for uh, oh, that yes, first book. Definitely. And another question I have, actually, it, how would you characterize the story? It's a privatized story, but at the same time, it seems like a cozy. Well, when I was writing it, I was thinking more traditional. But then when reviewers started reading it, they kind of called it more like a cozy with an edge. So kind of a cozy traditional mix. I mean, it it wasn't intentional that it has the cozy side of you know there's not much in the way of cussing and nothing too graphic and stuff like that that just happened that's just how it is and how I write but I think it does have you know with the PI side it has a little bit more of an edge than some cozies do yeah yeah I think uh cozies are sort of leaning that way you know, yeah toward toward that edge yeah it's nice you know it's kind of nice to see a little of that a little darkness mixed in with all the lightness. Yeah. But at the same time, a, a mystery that feels warm can be a real welcoming thing in a world Definitely. that's mixed up and crazy sometimes. Very true. Well, I hope that people will enjoy visiting the Tower District. Now, I have fictionalized some things and added some businesses that don't actually exist for the sake of the story, but I hope they'll have a cozy time getting to know the tower and getting to know the characters as well as just the mystery itself i love it i mean now i feel like going back to fresno and just seeing the place just to <laughs> i want to see you'll have to come season. visit i'll have to come visit i'll have to talk my husband into taking a plane ride <laughs> it's very <laughs> very difficult at this point but um yeah uh, but uh, yeah wow fresno it's been years but I just want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today about this. Well, and thank I you for having me. Oh, it was my pleasure. Believe me. So uh, with that, I will uh, just come back on and um, just say thanks. Uh, thank you so much for being here, uh, Lori. Um, my thanks to my Patreon supporters. I'm on Patreon as well. Um if you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving a review or supporting the podcast on Patreon or by um, sharing it on your socials. That helps too. Our guest next time will be Weldon Burge. And until then, take care and happy reading. <laughs>